how can we live in this system where we are discovering how little power we have over our own lives? And is there a path where there's freedom while we have to live here temporarily? I think that's part of this big awakening that's going on right now, is to push us into greater and greater discernment, that we learn to find our still center and make decisions that are grounded rather than reactive. If you're in the frequency of fear, then that's what you draw near to yourself. But if you're in the frequency of love and you continue to raise your frequency, that's where people can feel hopeful, that if they work continually on themselves in that way, that they can have a measure of true safety. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here and welcome back to the Vibe Show. Today I interviewed Amanda Volmer, who is a naturopathic physician in Canada. And one of you or a few of you actually had told me that you want to hear more from her. I said, hey, who are you listening to out there that has a lot to say since this whole thing kicked off in March? You hear someone who's speaking very boldly um, against the, the sort of mainstream narrative that we have this killer virus and it's going to get us all if we don't, you know, hunker down and shut down our economy and wait for a vaccine. Well, Dr. Amanda Vollmer is one of those people that you were clamoring for. So I reached out to her and she's, she's really interesting. You're going to hear a lot of the talk of sort of new age spirituality. So you're going to hear her talking about her Kundalini awakening. Um, you're going to hear a lot of conversation around vibration, which as you know, is how this show got started is my own deep dive into the quantum physics and what that has to do with nutrition, what that has to do with our emotional and psychological health. But she's going to talk about her ascended master that she's been in contact with since she was a child and, and chakras and light beings, all those kinds of conversations. If you're familiar with that sort of metaphysical talk, you're going to get a lot of it here. I'm not here to make a pronouncement about that kind of uh, ideology. Um, I'm not super attracted to it. It's, it's not really uh, my theory, but I do um, enjoy hearing people put forth these theories. So either way, she's extremely well-educated. She, she studied in India under Rajan Sankaran about homeopathy. She, she did an intensive medical program in Northern India and she was shadowing cardiologists and obstetricians and Ayurvedic practitioners and homeopathic doctors, like just the whole gamut. So she's a very interesting person to talk to. She's deep into traditional Chinese medicine and sound therapy. And she really loves DMSO as a supplement. Now we didn't get into that in this conversation, but you can learn more about that um, her book is Healing with DMSO. You can check that out. She owns a company called Yum Naturals, Yum being Y-U-M. She um, has been inventing these medicinal combinations that are, you know, plant compounds, I believe, blended with DMSO. So that's not the subject of our conversation, but I thought I'd mention that that's, that's kind of been her work of recent years. I also want to point out that on takeactionforfreedom.com, which is a site that I put up several months ago um, and has been an increasing focus for me and, and most of the conversations I've had here on the Vibe Show have been having to do with our medical freedom and our freedom in general as we see, we see ourselves losing it every day. Every day we see ourselves losing 
more freedom. But go, please go to takeactionforfreedom.com if you haven't already and take advantage of these one click uh, campaigns where, you know, just by putting in your zip code, you can send an email that I wrote. It is very articulate and educated about a specific subject. Like we just put one up and I wanted to alert you to it where you can send to the legislators in your state and the governor and lieutenant governor in your state an email saying, please stand against all legislation that mandates uh, that we get a vaccine. Okay, we all know at this point, and, and I do talk to Dr. Amanda about this, that we have uh, a vaccine coming. It's now fallen to a minority of Americans who say that they will get it voluntarily. So we have to know that the Bill Gateses and, and Tony Fauci's of the world are very concerned about that. I'm sure they're very concerned about the fact that information about the long history of fraud and toxic products and adverse events and even deaths from these products, these injections over the course of many years where we've gone from, I had three shots as a kid to uh, your child right now would have 72 shots by the time they're 18. If you don't question it and opt out of some or all of them, you know, we've talked a lot about that on this show, but uh, Dr. Amanda gets into that. I. Uh, am doing as much exploration as I can of that subject. And I felt like it was really important to create an easy way so that you can speak up to your elected officials. So please grab that link. Um, go to takeactionforfreedom.com. Grab that link to the campaign where you can send a letter uh, begging your elected officials to say no to any mandatory vaccine laws and share that link with other people. Share it to people you know on your social media platforms, in Facebook Messenger, by text. This is an action step that we can all take to help people speak up. We want our elected officials to get this letter by the thousands so that they know that many, many, many of their constituents uh, want them to protect our medical freedom. So with that, make sure you go to Take Action for Freedom and send that latest uh, one-click letter campaign that my team and I just built for you. Let's, let's listen to what Dr. Amanda Vollmer has to say about what's going on in our world. So welcome to the Vibe Show, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. My, um, my followers, when I put out there, who do you want to hear from? Who have you heard great content from since this whole uh, debacle began in March of 2020? And at least a couple of people mentioned you because it was only when I got multiple requests for someone that we, we reached out. So, so I'm excited to talk to you. You're in Canada. How do things look in Canada compared to the U S do you think <laughs> I hear Canadians saying, Oh, you have it so much worse in America. And, I, and most Americans though, who are in the know and are following this whole thing very carefully and the loss of freedom and medical freedom. Uh, most Americans think that you Canadians have it worse. What's your perspective? I think we all have it pretty bad, but um, so far what I've heard, the worst countries are Australia, um, Philippines, um, most of Europe, way worse than the States and uh, in Canada. Every area is approached differently depending on the study of the psychology of that particular um, you know, demographic. And they've been studying us for a very long time. I mean, we're on social media, we give personal information out very freely, and they've been, you know, gathering that data and uh, accumulating it. 
so that we, they, they know if they can come in with the army or if they have to do a little more psychological manipulation to get us to agree to what they're doing, which is a one world government. That's why we see this popping up across the world the way we do. It's not just isolated to a certain area. Um, and in Canada, we have, a, of course, a puppet prime minister. So it's very much uh, on the left side of <laughs> toward communism, a little more than where things are at right now in the United States. Um, but the agenda is still afoot. And um, there's a lot of moves that are being made that are really, of course, not about a virus. It's about um, affecting our freedom and uh, slowly removing them and getting us to consent to remove them because they know us and they know that if there isn't a good enough reason for us to give away our free will, then we'll revolt. We won't do it. So that's, that's really what we're seeing. The, the problem is a lot of the, the individuals that I see, I'm in Ontario um, in Canada, and uh, probably about 80% of the population believes the story believes the, the lie, that there's something, you know, invisible and dangerous and it's going to kill us and we better do everything our government says to do because they love us and they're here for us and, and just comply or else. And it's, it's been a long time of programming for them to fall into this false belief. So it's, it's not good, but there's still at least 20% of the population that's going, wait a second something's wrong here. This isn't adding up. <laughs> why is this continuing on? Why are there's this continual cases? Where are they, why are people saying that, you know, their aunt went into the hospital with a broken hip and they got diagnosed with, with COVID instead of, or died from fa a fall or an accident and they're being ca cataloged under having, you know, this uh, so-called novel disease. So there's a lot, there's a lot to say about that, but I think everywhere is the same game plan pretty much. Okay, so I wanted to back up, you know, and I'm going to in a minute and talk kind of how you got into functional medicine and, and, you know, how you got to the point where you're willing to speak up about this, because I have been contacted by countless functional medicine practitioners who say, hey, love what you're doing, Robin. I'm listening to the podcast. I see what you're saying on Facebook. Thank you for your courage. I can't speak out because it would hurt my career in some way. But I, but I, I want to go there. But you went right down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so I, I want to follow up on that. You're saying that you believe that the reason, and you should define they, because I know who I think they is, is the, the, these globalists who've been planning this for decades. And that's way down the rabbit hole. And it's, it's too much for some people, but we've been talking about it on this show for since March, honestly. And so define they, who, who you see as being the players in this. And then that was really interesting what you said. And I've never heard anybody uh, talk about that, even though I've spent hundreds of hours of research and all this. Why do those specific countries have it the worst? You said the Philippines, Canada, the U.S. And I'd also love for you to comment on the 80%, because here in Utah, where I live, even though they're, they've been very, very successful at getting us to voluntarily shut our businesses down and submit to this whole regime, which is, you know, it's permanent. I don't, I think, I think a lot of people don't realize this is not ever going to change. Um, it's only getting worse, but I, I do not have that pulse on 
Utah, where I live at all, I think it's the vast majority who are anywhere from questioning this and know something is wrong all the way to they're very, very well versed on it like you and I are. Um, I would say it's a, a, a fourth to a third who support what the government is doing at most. Of my followers on Green Smoothie Girl, and I really wasn't speaking up on my public figure page, but it went from 54% in March supporting the economic shutdown. 10 weeks later, it was 6%. And it stayed at 6% week after week. And then we just stopped doing the poll because it was just you know stuck on 6%. So mm -hmm. we saw that decrease massively. And maybe it's because of the kind of person who follows Green Smoothie Girl, somebody who's yeah. already got a pulse on, you know, they understand that the germ theory of disease was debunked 200 years ago, or they have some sense of, you know, they have some background or education in stuff that would make them say, wait a minute, something's wrong here faster than your average person would, who is just like whatever my medical doctor says I do. So kind of talk to us about how, why you think some nations are in more danger than others, or they were more, you know, they're taking them down faster. And then, you know, how'd you, how'd you get a pulse on 80% that you think are completely all in on this agenda? Yeah, it is anecdotal because it's just really what I'm seeing in my area. Uh, about 80% of the people believe the, the politic. They believe they're watching the television. I think that's a big part of it what's the media that they are consuming and how uh, they believe in, you know, governments protecting them and all of these things. So it really just comes down to that particular demographic and if they have been educating themselves and doing their own research or not. And different countries are going to have different demographics or have different populations. And they have obviously different subsets of, of the way that the government uh, operates and different responses based on case numbers because you'll see certain um, governments reacting heavily based on thinking that they're you know more uh, vulnerable or you'll have a demographic like for example Wuhan and uh, parts of Italy that are very polluted the air is very polluted so you automatically will have uh, larger populations of people who have say pneumonia or other respiratory diseases presenting and they're um, all being categorized as having COVID and that's the, uh, the increase in testing. So all of those factors are gonna play into the fear factor and how many people are going to comply with that based on how that fear is being translated through their television sets or if they're paying attention to alternative media enough to realize that it's just a con game. And uh, you know, it's, it's really uh, fascinating witness because I know there are a lot of people waking up and I know your demographic obviously is going to be seeing through that. My demographic sees through it. My entire feed are full of people who are pretty much awake to what's going on and trying to stop it and trying to get solutions and wanting to ensure they do not get poisoned by a vaccine. Um, most of them already don't vaccinate. Um, so you, we're seeing, you know, um, a revolution happening here, really. Did you see the Yahoo News come out this past week? I'm surprised that they admitted this, honestly. But you know, you know how the first um, the first poll was that 27% of Americans would uh, refuse the vaccine. Um, it's now a majority. Mm -hmm. That number has been climbing, and thanks to you and me and everybody who's, you know, shining a flashlight on this, we've had, you know, we've had Bobby Kennedy and Sherry Tenpenny and 
all the, you know, greats in who are out there courageously speaking up about what what the vaccine industry has been doing to our children for many decades and now wants to inflict that same kind of pain on all adults in the form of mandatory vaccines using the virus as a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've talked about that extensively. I just did a Facebook live last week that, you know, I had done this, like I did this, this video with no makeup on saying, Hey, you guys, the, the, the COVID vaccine is a Trojan horse. It's a way to get access to your body and get the microchip in you. That is not their long play. Their long play is many, many, many vaccines. Cause I, I just got sense people didn't realize that they're just focused on, Oh, am I going to get the COVID vaccine or not? I want them to get, get off my back. I want to be able to buy and sell and get on airplanes and mm -hmm. move freely. And so I had already done that Trojan horse video and it went crazy viral. Then I did another one this past week where I said, it's also a Trojan horse in another way, which is, you know, your government's going to cover the cost. Like the UK has now announced that everybody over 50, the government pays for their, for their COVID vaccine. And I'm sure lots of people who are blissfully ignorant about what's really going on here. who will be like, Oh, thank you. You know, <laughs> paternalistic government. That's so kind of you to pay for it. Well, here's the thing you get these autoimmune diseases and you're going to be worth $2 million to the pharmaceutical industry. Um, what are, what are you seeing there? What, how do you, as you project out with this whole vaccine agenda, uh, what do you think they're really doing here? And what do you think is going to be in that, that injection? Well, there's a huge opportunity for a, a reset. This is a reset um, financially um, po for the politics as well, medicine. There's, this has been in the works for a very long time. If you look up the UN Agenda 2023, uh, UN Agenda 21 was one of the earlier writings. This has been uh, part of the plan for a very, very long time. And if you have a beat on any knowledge and any ability to research, you know that this world government, one world religion um, agenda has been, you know, worked on a slippery slope for, for ages. So it's just about, uh, it's, it's not just one thing that's happening right now. And that's why it's so difficult to pull apart right? Because we have major financial shifts. People are being scared away from cash. So it goes into a cashless society. They want to track everybody and every move, uh, also every purchase, uh, so that you can't do anything privately. You can't have cash and have a private sale any longer. Everything has to be on the record. Um, if you are to travel anywhere or move anywhere, they need to know exactly where you are. That's a lot of the contact tracing that's happening. Uh, they want to be able to use the idea of them trying to protect your health uh, and using it as a sense of um, that it's, it's everyone's responsibility, which is a communistic idea that your health, um, you know, the way that I behave in my health is affecting somebody else. And so if I don't get a vaccine, then their vaccine won't work. They've been doing this for ages, trying to program people into thinking that it's a herd mentality so that everybody starts to fight against one another and judge those who do want health freedom and personal choice um, of how they're going to treat their own bodies and their own sovereignty. And uh, then you have obviously the move, political move into one world government, that's the main goal uh, through the UN and uh, global one world global currency eventually and also religious uh, affiliations to go into one one world religion. So this is their 
you know, this has been, this is not news, you know, this is easy to find on some simple research, which it's a shame because so many have not done the simple research because I think in part they're deeply programmed, uh, they're in fear and they can't, um, they would go into some sort of spiritual shock if they were to realize the, the scam before them that all of the government agencies have been slowly usurped. And if they didn't comply, by the way, they would be uh, the, the main hub, the world government would take them to war, right? So they would place their own puppets in uh, through the Bilderberg group uh, into, into power. And this has been going on behind the scenes and nobody seems to pay attention because they've been giving us a lot of toys. They've been giving us a lot of gadgets to play with and lots of movies and lots of distractions. They've been assisting us into many, many addictions as well. Yes, addictions. Absolutely. Yeah. Lock our senses and make us less than we are and less capable of what we would have been if we were back in 1776. They weren't all addicted to, you know, media and porn and, and booze and drugs. Yeah. And they do a very classic thing where they, they take away the thing that we, we want so that we desire it more, right? They treat us like children because frankly, we act like children. Excuse me, we act like spiritual um, infants. And because of that, because we give our power away to these external authorities, um, we have therefore sequestered ourselves as slaves and they see us as savages because we frankly do behave as savages. Uh, We don't take personal responsibility for most things and we depend upon our big big daddy and big mommy governments and medical organizations to do things for us rather than us taking charge of things and saying well that's a good you know thank you for your opinion but i personally would like to use holistic health uh in this manner to take care of myself and my family rather than you know suppressive drugs and other poisons that we know that we have so much mounting evidence uh, causes huge amounts of harm and death, uh, that it's laughable that the, these industries wholly, blindly ignore such information. We're talking science, real science, is ignored. And uh, not only that, it's belittled. The people who speak about it are belittled and banned and shadow banned. And the, as, as per the history, which people really need to understand their history, you know, from the Rockefeller, um, you know, cartel, that started in the 1900s. That was a slow takeover of the entire medicine, um, you know, (laughs) uh, authorities and ensuring that suppressive chemical oil-based medicine was put to the forefront while holistic, alternative, whatever you want to call it, natural remedies, Native American remedies, the remedies that were popular at the time were um, a name called snake oil, uh, fear was, you know, being sold as a, them being dangerous and, and all of the things that you would expect from a narcissist, really, uh, which would lie and cheat and steal and fake and all of those things. So those are the behaviors that started all of this off. And most people have no idea. If you ask what the Flexner report is, most people go, I don't know, right? Well, that was, the, you know, the starting point of all of this uh, chemical medicine being the forefront and MDs having, you know, being given license to um, become drug dealers and the only ones that are, were allowed to do it. Everybody else was either uh, bullied or jailed or killed or, or, or whatnot. And, and, 
and they just, there's no clue there. It's the history is being rewritten by the victors. So when you go and you watch a movie, you're being told a false history, but it, it makes it look like it's real to you, but it's not, you know, and, and it's so easy to fool us. We really haven't um, gotten our discernment up. And I think that's part of this big awakening that's going on right now is to push us into greater and greater discernment so that we don't fall for the salaciousness and the, the, the upset of what's going on and we get pull, pushed and pulled with our emotions all over the place, that we learn to find our still center and make decisions that are grounded rather than reactive and based on something that's fearful or something that's outrageous. And that's what we're seeing right now play out um, in every, almost every country in the world. And if we want to succeed and pass these tests, what we need to do is do the inner work <laughs> and realize what's happening on the outer is in part projected from the inner. And if we take our power back in that way, then we can make some serious changes. And it's really not gonna happen with protesting. It's really not gonna happen with Facebook posts. I mean, that helps obviously educate certain people that are at that baby step level that they just need to have like one piece of, of information that helps them maybe get their thinking back because uh, they're in a cult. So when you're in a cult, you can't think, right? So yes, that's, it's not that it's not purposeful for some, but I'm talking about those of us who already are aware, the next level of work that has to be done is all inward work and shifting frequency and that sort of thing. And that's what I'm personally working on as much as I possibly can as, as, as often as possible. <laughs> So you sound like you were very aware of all this leading up to March of 2020. I, I went and studied the, uh, uh, Dr. Thomas Lodi told me about the Illuminati and he told me that the Federal Reserve was a private corporation, not even owned by Americans, but by these globalist uh, bankers and the Rothschilds um, and the Rockefellers and all of the other elite families. Uh, 10 years ago. And so, and I went, I went deep and I studied it. And then I didn't, Amanda, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to use it. I knew that going out there and talking about it would just make people go, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Just like I, I was feeling, I was devastated as I learned all of this stuff because it became very clear. This wasn't conspiracy theory. It was actually like how the world worked. But, um, so I was, I came up to speed rather quickly in March of 2020. It sounds like you were deep in your understanding of all this well before. How's that possible? Well, I, when I was in university, so I have an undergrad degree in agricultural biotechnology, which is basically how to make genetically modified organisms. And so I'm a voice for completely against that because I know how random and dangerous it is uh, as I've done it in the lab. Um, and when I was in school, um, I, I was always a seeker. So I was a seeker from a very young age. I always wanted to know why I was here. Why did I choose to come back here? Because I remembered a lot of my past lives and like, what, what was I to do now? And one of the books that was really pinnacle for me in starting to uncover the underlying current of really how this world was working was um, a, a particular book by Buckminster Fuller um, uh, I believe it's called Spaceship Earth. And in that particular book, it might, might have been a different one, but I read all of them at that time. And he talks about a story about um, the pirates on the sea 
coming in onto the land and convincing the, the people to um, do things. And basically it was talking about the people of the land versus the people of the sea. The differences and also the legal aspects, the lawful aspects of that, which I found very intriguing. And, and I felt like that's what was happening, that the pirates had come and convinced us to be their slaves. And we were actually no longer landed. We were part of their, we were on their ship. Um, it was only an illusion that we were of the land. And because of that, they took over our, um, our rights and they were the ones to dictate what rights we had or didn't have. So it wasn't something of a birthright. It was that we were given rights as slaves. And if you behave properly, you get more rights than others. And if you, if you don't behave, you get those rights removed. And so that led me into further and further uh, study in philosophy, uh, in uh, economics, in metaphysics, um, because I really needed to get to the heart of this answer. Um, it took me down a path when, after I graduated from naturopathic college, uh, it took me into a path of um, really understanding and studying certain kinds of law. And um, it obviously propelled me into natural health because it's all tied in. And um, if I wanted to be free, which is really the main goal, then I have to understand that right now I'm not free. And in order to become free, there's a huge process that has to be undertaken. Um, like we're all part of this system and that's why they're doing it to us and they have some level of permission to do this. Um, but once we become landed or we become so, um, not even sovereign, it's, it's solvent, um, it, which is a whole process. I, I don't know if you saw, but I did a video, an interview with Ken Cousins of um, Gemstone University. And he talks very well about this and he's, he's very educated in how to get free from under the slave system. And ultimately we're seeing two paths open before us. We either continue down the slave path which is basically gonna turn us into China you know, 5.0 because that's what, where it's headed with AI tech, everything tracked, social, social credit system. If you don't behave, if you're not a good slave, you get your accounts frozen, you can't travel freely, you can't buy certain things, et cetera, having more and more restriction. Um, or you can take the other path, which is becoming solvent and getting completely uh, out of the system where those rules and regulations don't apply to you any longer. And that's what Ken Cousins is working on. And I, I do recommend if people are interested in that to you know, look in, at his work and take his, his courses on that because that's what I'm planning on doing. So Ken Cousins, is he kind of in the new age spirituality? I hear you using a lot of the words of uh, the new age movement. Um, and I've just recently started to explore uh, you know, how does that, is that complementary with Christianity? Is it in contradiction with it? I listened to like a two hour lecture by a Christian leader saying that new age spirituality is actually the opposite of, uh, and Luciferian in nature and in etiology is in conflict with Christianity. What do you have to say about that? Well, any of those constructs, new age, Christianity, whatever you want to call luciferianism which most people have no idea what the hell they're talking about when they say that they're constructs they're constructs to work through certain aspects of self 
Uh, unfortunately, they've been, been misused to um, confuse people and to keep them trapped yet again in another construct. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these constructs have the full truth the way they've been displayed. Definitely uh, Ken Cousins and myself, whatever, many other people have maybe come through certain levels of new age understanding, but that's again a religion, a religion I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to any religion. Um, I, the, probably the closest material that I would know to be true from my own experiences would be either the raw material, RA, raw, those channelings. Um, some parts of uh, the Seth material are accurate. Not everything is accurate. The whole point is that if you don't have the merit inside to be able to decode any of these things, including the Bible, you'll just believe it as history or historical fact, which it is not. These are parables to uncover, unlock yourself inside to understand that you are that. And when you realize the infinite uh, path before you, you go from different uh, densities of light and we're ever more heading toward our light bodies. Uh, We have a chakra system. We have uh, multiple lifetimes. We are, you know, eternal beings. And so in the, in the snapshot of now, (laughs) We're going through this particular lifetime with this particular karma, and we're living what we need to live in order to get closer and closer to our light bodies, which is, you know, the next phase, really. We're in a 3D existence, moving through 4D existence, and after you graduate from those, you go to 5D, 60, 70, etc. So it's really just a blip in time of infinite um, timelessness, really that we're experiencing right now, something that's inviting us to do this work, to grow and to uh, look at our belief systems and really untether them from our egos and find the, the courage to do the work that's required, really, which is coming into a loving heart and a loving path, because it's the loving path that will get you um, ascended. It's the, the hurtful, narcissistic, hateful path that will only take you so far and then you have to backtrack down and go again (laughs) and try it again, uh, which is the long painful way to go. And I personally am done with the long painful path. So um, people will have the beliefs they have and whatever they need for that moment. And it's about accepting where everybody's at, because I'm sure there were lifetimes where I needed to be in those belief systems as well but it's about not staying stuck in them and moving ever forward through those progressions, right? Just like you would through a great symphony. So my audience won't forgive me if I don't go back to where you said, because they, they're often saying to me, this is all very depressing. And so I always try to you know, tease whatever light there is and whatever hope there is out of whatever, whatever content we're discussing with whatever expert we're talking to. Uh, you said that in Ken Cousins' work, he says that there's two paths. And you said, you know, we are all slaves. And I think that that is occurring to us by degrees, uh, both me personally um, and my partner, John, who was way further down the path than I was in some ways in the sense that he studied a lot of alternative history and he knew that a lot of history has been rewritten and served up to us and is quite false. Um, He knew more about that than I did as we started into this thing. But, um, you know, it is, it is heavy and it, I discover it by layers and it sort of settles over me by layers. I'm still in shock five and a half months into this. I'm still in shock as I realize that we've always been slaves 
So can, they won't forgive me if I don't ask you, what is that, what is that non-slave path? And, and you speak very metaphysically, which I enjoy that kind of, um, that kind of subject matter, but tell us as concretely as possible, how can we live in this system where we are discovering how little power we have over our own lives? And, and, and is there a path where there's freedom while we have to live here temporarily in the middle of this increasingly communistic, uh, really lockdown of, of our lives? And they want to just put us all in a little path and with, with fences on either side. And like you said, just, you know, c- completely control every single thing that we do. What is that? path to freedom look like? Well, the path to freedom is um, really an internal process for the most part. Um, What's really happening right now with this reset is um, they're culling their herd. So they have a lot of slaves and they don't want as many slaves. So they're culling the herd right now. Um, And that's, of course, they're not going to get rid of all their slaves. That's stupid, right? They have to have a certain amount of them, but they have more AI tech now. They don't need as many. They can do use robots and use all kinds of systems now uh, that they don't require as many bodies. So that's part of it. And they will let the herd cull itself by putting out these, these lies and see how many are falling for the lies. So that's one important part to understand that we're in so the they great- do or don't want the people falling for the lies. They do, right? They, they do, of course, because it's a test. It's a test. Those who are uh, attentive enough, thinking enough, they're obviously going to be put on a list. <laughs> That's called Project Zephyr, by the way, um, where those people like us were probably on that list um, who are figuring it out, intelligent, uh, probably could be used for other tasks <clears throat> in, their, in their regime. Um, but the... Uh, issue is that if you want to free yourself from that, you need to um, take all of the contracts that have been you've been signed into, uh, whether tacitly, which is um, a silent agreement by not saying no, or on purpose, purposefully, those signatures that you have given uh, when you bought a house or when you go to a bank or when you got a car loan or all of these things, you've agreed to be a slave. And so that process is a paperwork process of um, really an offer and a recontract or a re- or a reneging on the contract or removal of certain contracts. Um, and one of the things when I when I was teaching Reiki, I stopped recently. This is a, a very specific type of Reiki. It's a light body Reiki or an angelic Reiki, and it teaches that we ha- we make contracts with other things as well, with other energies as well. And that we want to, if you want to be free, you have to clear old contracts and um, say no to the ones that you tacitly agree to in error and ask for forgiveness in that regard. And the process with gemstone is not something I can speak to um, really fully because I haven't gone through it yet myself. It's something that I'll be able to speak to, obviously, when I go through the paperwork. Ken's invited me in to to do that uh, in the next week or so. So I'll be learning how to go about it. Now, the way that I used to do it was in, in a mistake where I was um, doing certain types of paperwork and putting liens on my all capital name and all of these sorts of things, but I was playing around to see what worked and what didn't. Um, also, my friend Dean Clifford has done a lot of that and he got thrown in jail you know, with some of the errors. So you have to know what you're doing before you 
venture on this. This is where, um, and I know David Wolf has been talking about this, my longtime friend, David Wolf, where you legally reclaim your name because they own you from birth because of basically paperwork. Like you're, a, you're your own corporation or something like that. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Sort of. That's part of it. Um, but the main thing is that you're actually a foreigner. You don't realize, but you're a foreigner on the land. You haven't landed. So in order to get landed status and become of the land rather than of the sea, there's a pro paperwork process that has to be done by which it is, it is part and parcel to purchasing land so that you actually are landed in on your land. And then you become your own, uh, basically like an own country inside of that with your own rules, regulations, you can have your own money, militia, flag, etc. that sort of thing and your own communities. And they can't touch that because it's a completely, um, actually you've elevated yourself in their eyes because you're like them, you're like a duke or, or a duchess when you do things like that, for, for an example. And like back in the day, you would have um, the Duke and Duchess or people of higher standing toward the king. They didn't pay taxes. They didn't, own, they didn't have to buy or purchase anything. They were given their land. They were given their homes and they were given a stipend and they were, it was just the, that was part of that community. And it was very different than the rest of the serfs, the serfdom. So if you understand how that kind came into play and that those families were landed and so they had title and they had trusts. So these things are terms that I don't expect anyone to just, you know, figure out, but I guess what I'm trying to help people understand is there is a way out. <laughs> okay. And it starts with you. It starts with you learning and growing and saying no to certain contracts like vaccines and, and not um, attending, not needing these institutions. So if you don't need the doctor, you don't attend the doctor, you don't attend the institutions that trap you in them because you need them, right? And that's why we get into health freedom and we learn how to take care of our own needs as best as we can, or we find people in our own tribe that have the skill set to offer uh, each other so that the needs are properly met. And that means growing your own food, you know, having your own people do, you know, all of the household requirements, whether it's clothing or, or uh, manufacturing of, of something that you need, whatever, that's where we need to get to. That's where I think we will get to. But we're at the beginning of it, really. Okay, so it's, what is his name? Ken Cullen, and his program is called Gemstone? Ken Cousins, C-O-U-S-E-N-S, -E and it's gemstoneuniversity.org. Gemstoneuniversity.org. Okay, so I think there's going to be plenty of people who are curious about that and want to go check that out. But, but you know, my, my understanding of this is less than sophomoric. So if, but it sounds like, and let me see if I even have the words to frame this question. It's kind of a hard question. It sounds like you're saying to go get this landed status that you're, you know, trying to understand their system, these uh, people who've been enslaving the people of earth forever, and you're obtaining status within their system. Cause you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe in that because 
we've seen, I mean, every single day, all day long, my followers are sending me the evidences of them trying to use, for instance, Peggy Hall's uh, system for saying no to mandatory mask wearing, standing on the principle of, um, you know, your right to opt out if you have a medical condition or whatever, and every day people are telling me it's, it's not working. Nobody listens to me. The store doesn't listen to me. The manager doesn't listen to me. My boss doesn't listen to me. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that I have a legitimate medical issue and I shouldn't be wearing a mask. I'm harmed by wearing a mask. I mean, people who've you know been forced to keep it on on the plane and had a seizure on the plane and then get thrown off the plane for having a seizure, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just seeing rampant um, dismissal of our constitution. Nobody, nobody's following the constitution of our elected and unelected officials who are, you know, executing this whole agenda on us. Nobody seems to care at all about the illegality and the unconstitutionality of their actions. So are you saying with this landed status that we're sort of understanding their system, obtaining status within their system, and then we get left alone? Yeah, well, ultimately, if you're still in the system, and right now, they've been, uh, they've taken away the rights. Like they've been working hard at taking away the slave rights. So you don't have rights. You can claim rights, but good luck with that because the courts are part of this too, and that's them. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see how some of the lawsuits play out because when it's corruption on every level, there's no protection anymore, right? And when you become landed, you become um, outside of that, um, you become too uh, caloric for them, meaning the karma of them uh, involving themselves in your business, if you've done this correctly, is too high for them. They'll leave that alone, right? And so it's, it's, a, big, it's a bigger topic than really, I think, where we need to go with this because, uh, first of all, I haven't done, the work, done it yet. I'm only talking from, you know, the little that I know in the last, uh, you know, few months of knowing about Ken's work. Um, obviously, I've done things before, many years before, but those things were still being seen as a savage, even in the court system, where I challenged a whole bunch of things in the court system. And I, I did have judges that listened to what I was trying to do and work using their law to my advantage. So I was a clever savage, but I was still part of the system. This is completely different. So you have your own charter plane, for example, right? I'm not saying that it, it might not be difficult or that it's like you're now going to be untouchable. What really makes you untouchable, if you want to know that, is your frequency. That's what makes you safe. If you're in the frequency of fear, then that's what you draw near to yourself. But if you're in the frequency of love and you continue to raise your frequency, then you, that's the true untouchable. They won't go there. They can't go there. That's just spiritual law. So there's more to unpack with this topic, obviously, but um, that that's where people can feel hopeful that if they work continually on themselves in that way, that they can have a measure of safety, true safety. Interesting. So, you know, this show actually got started about the time that I released my last book. My 15th book is called Vibe. And it's about the vibrational frequency of everything. So you're, you're absolutely like speaking our language. People who are attracted to this show are people generally who read that book and want to, you know, tap into more information about how absolutely everything has energy, you know, and we, you know, quote Einstein and Tesla a lot. 
Um, but they're going to just want to hear more about that. How does staying in the higher frequency make, make us untouchable when there's about to be as at least worst case scenario, maybe at the end of this year, maybe next year where we can't buy or sell, we can't get on an airplane. We maybe can't cross state borders without this, you know, they, they really need everybody to have the microchip in them. So how can, in a very concrete physical way, how does it make you untouchable to be living in the high frequencies, which I can absolutely see their agenda to take us into constant confusion, uh, fear, anger, all those, you know, chaotic low frequencies. I can absolutely see that, but how, you know, so I kind of two questions, like, how do you, how are you staying there? How are you staying out of the fray where they really want us to, if you're against wearing, uh, being forced to wear masks, you're angry at all the people who are not only wearing masks, but being bullies to those who don't want to and calling us bad people who lack compassion. How are you staying above that fray? And, and also, like, how does that get us out of the actual physical imminent harm in front of us where we're, we're all saying, uh, I don't want my children to have these vaccines i don't want to have these vaccines i i want out of their agenda well we've been talking a lot about us and them but let's get to the core of what really is happening here there's no us in them it's all one so why would we as a oneness design this why would we create this obviously we needed to create this for some particular reason right rather than blaming shaming going into fear us and them black and white this type of thinking when you work on your frequency, okay, what you start to realize is there's no, di there's no separation. When I had my first Kundalini awakening um, back in 2000, that was what I was shown, was literally everything is all that we are. The, even the immaterial things are what we think is immaterial, like, you know, gadgets and so forth. That's all God as well. And we are all that, and we are all interconnected. And I saw tendrils and threads connecting everything. And so if I change the frequency in myself, I therefore change the threads and the tendrils of all the things that I'm connected to as well. And so if you want to truly understand that this is, uh, this is an apocalypse, this is an ascension opportunity, um, it means that when you do that work and you use either sound frequency or you use, you know, toning, meditation, these types of tools that we've been shown, to lift the frequency, then you start to change your reality and you start to become more responsible as a creator yourself. So you become a manifester. And as you begin to manifest and as you get more practice with it, just like when you first drive a car, you might not know how to do it that well, but you get better and better at it. You'll get better and at manifesting and then you get more responsibility to those that manifestation. And that means you have to be a spiritual adult because adults have responsibility. Children, um, they throw away responsibility or are inconsistent with their responsibilities. And so that's the practice of being continually showing up for yourself and being self-responsible. And that's really about your health and all of these other things and taking charge of that and not blaming anybody else for any of your problems or any of the things going on is truly ownership of that. And when you begin to do that, your external projection will change accordingly because of that connect interconnectedness. 
And so I've done this. I've done this where I, you know, raised my frequency before I went to an airport. And I had things in my bag that maybe I didn't want them to see. <laughs> and uh, I ensured that my frequency was up. I called upon some other light beings to assist me with that. And it was as if no one could actually see me. They just put the stuff through the scanner. They didn't look at anything. They didn't even look at me. They checked the passport and never looked him in my eyes and just handed me my bags and off I went, right? That's what I'm talking about. Now, if I went in angry and pissed off and like, oh my God, I hope they don't find the, 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 the oh, what if they do? And then and, and that, I'm in that frequency, which you could measure. You could technically, scientifically measure that frequency. Their eyeballs are going to be all over me, okay? So it's that understanding. And it does take merit to get to that. It takes work to get to that. Not everybody is going to be there in that lifetime, okay? But I'm, I'm trying to teach that so that people understand that they actually have the power to make those changes through their feeling body, through their emotional field, through their uh, developing what is the second attention. So where they notice themselves feeling a, a specific thing and they work to understand why they're feeling that thing and then to transmute it or, or, or transform it into electricity for themselves, right? Because we're electrical beings. The more we pay attention to that, the more we'll be able to utilize the, really the inner tools that we all have available to us. We just have been tapped into them and we also get easily distracted into other things and we get lazy and slothful and we don't do that work at the end of a long work day. So many come home, crack a beer and watch television rather than coming home, doing some exercise, meditating for half an hour, doing some breath work, doing some toning, getting out the, the tuning forks or listening to some high vibrational music, dancing, something that they're shifting themselves. People don't have any sense of spiritual hygiene. And that's what needs to happen. Interesting. My mind's going crazy with what you're saying, thinking about how, you know, I, I, I have never had anybody confront me. I go around without a mask. I can't say I've never put one on because to get past the person standing there outside the Whole Foods Market, I've got my mesh mask. It's literally very obviously mesh and I'll walk in with it and then just take it off. Um, but really pretty much everywhere else, I don't even wear it. And I'm in a, I'm in a ski town here in Utah. That's like little California in Utah. Utah's a conservative state. Uh, I hate a lot of what's going on in, in Utah, but where I live, it's really as, as locked down as California. And, um, but it's so interesting because I, I've done content on the podcast uh, where I talk about how John literally got um, harassed multiple times at the gym. He, uh, they, they called the police on him once and then the police wouldn't confront him. And we don't know if that's because he's black or because because the police just thought, think it's stupid that they have to enforce this thing. And so he's gotten in all these conflicts and, and every day I have like all these readers like writing me, some of them have been arrested. Uh, they've been fined, all kinds of things. And here I'm walking around in this really liberal town that is shut down and has a mask mandate and the whole nine and nobody ever says a word to me. And I wonder, I wonder if the reason nobody's ever said a word to me is something to do with, you know, the reason I wrote the book, vibe is like all these ways I've found over the years to stay in the, you know, I went to Dave Asprey's um, 40 years of Zen and they put electrodes on my brain and they told me that I have like five times more alpha waves than really it, 
your your average person and they rarely 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 see anything like that and they're like do you meditate for two hours a day and i said no but there's a lot of things that i do do and i don't tap into negative energies and i know how to get out of negative energies and i i'll, I'll tell you something that i do and, I, and i'm just curious amanda if you think that this could be why no matter where i go regardless of the fact that i'm not following the rules and i'm i'm just not tapping into it i do not go into these stores feeling hate mm -hmm. for the other people who are wearing the masks or the people who want to be the little enforcers of those of us who aren't wearing masks because i'm really really clear on the fact that they're not the enemy like they are sleeping they are sleeping while we're awake and we might be kind of mad that we're awake and they're asleep because we're like hey we, have, we need you all to wake up so we can stand up to this thing um but i I mean, do you even have anything to say about that? I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if the reason, you know, cause I like have my answer ready. If someone were to take me on about not wearing a mask, I have the thing that I'm going to say, you know, which is, Hey, I'm fully healthy. I represent no threat to you. Um, but no one ever gives me a hard time, even though lots of other people, um, are getting in trouble right and left. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no one gives me a hard time either. Um, I don't, I've never worn a mask like once uh, and I won't. Um, my daughter, same thing. Um, it's the same idea. It's, so if you, again, even just body language, that like we don't even have to talk about frequency. We can talk about body language. I mean, if you go in, you know, and you're looking angry and hot, you know, haughty and like um, intense, you might get resistance right? Um, or they might run for the hills, but either or <laughs> can happen. But really, if you're going in that, you know, with a loving stance that there is no enemy, because there really isn't. The enemy is an illusion. And they've made the enemy a really big illusion so that we can see that the enemy is illusion because they've made a fake invisible virus the enemy. It's an illusion. It doesn't exist. And so it's the same idea that you go in confident and strong and loving and you're not you're not there for a fight you're not there for a confrontation and if you stand your ground in those circumstances you can have a script and say well i i'm sorry i have a medical condition um and uh, that's usually enough anyway for people because they've learned that we actually still even in the bylaws it's written in there that if we do have a medical condition or we choose not to wear one, it's still within our right to do it. Um, and I do have cards if I need to show a card and whatever, but it's really um, the energy that you come across with. Imagine how hurt people are right now and how, how much suffering is going on right now with people who have been isolated, who may have lost their jobs, um, their friends you know, and family are all separated. So there's all of these challenges now um and they're hurting so is it going to help them to uh confront them maybe i'm not saying that there's not a place for vitriol um but there is a place for holding that loving space even amidst something challenging um so yeah going out in that regard and standing up for yourself is really important um and also a lot of people will come into my store and say well i just wear it so i don't get bothered but the problem is they're already bothered because they're muzzling themselves. So they've already succumbed to it. And I've seen many people who they see me walking around without it. And it gives them like the leadership 
trigger for them to go, oh, if she's not wearing it, maybe I don't need to either. Why do healthy people have to wear masks? This doesn't make any sense, right? So, you know, it's just about where you're at, obviously, in this growth spiral. And if your frequency is there, then obviously you'll get a different feedback than if your frequency is in a, a combated, you know, combative type of energy. Well, that is fascinating and right on point with, you know, where this show started and how we, um, we connect, we connected, especially in the beginning, we connected everything to vibration. And so I appreciate your tying that in. You probably didn't know that that's kind of our, our jam around here, but that, that makes perfect sense to me. And it may seem too metaphysical for some people and some people really like to stay in the concrete. Um, but give it a try, like, you know, uh, remind yourself before you walk into the store that you're there to uh, purchase goods and that the people in there are all struggling and that they're all worthy of our love and Mm -hmm. see how that changes things. I don't know why everyone's nice to me. I can walk around in a Walmart where it's, you know, nationwide completely, you know, mandated that everyone has to wear a mask. No one's ever been the slightest bit rude to me when I'm out in public and I, I walk in to the gym and don't wear a mask. And one time somebody at the front desk said mask. And I said, no, thank you. And kept walking. But besides that, that, like literally no one's ever said anything to me. Um, Comment just a little bit uh, um, before we wrap up about your thoughts on how'd you discover the, the germ theory of disease that really underpins everything that you see Fauci and Gates and everybody, they depend on that. They depend on something that was proven a lie 200 years ago. They depend on that being everyone's dogma that there are, you know, germs outside of us. They're chasing us. They're going to make us sick and kill us. So you better run. And that whole concept, like talk about how you discovered that and what the alternative is, because I don't think I've, I've asked several of my guests this, most of them physicians like you, their thoughts on it. And they always have something interesting to say. And so I'd love to know your discovery of that. Like to me, it just underpins everything. And I've, I've gone out there in front of my colleagues, in front of hundreds of them in a, in a page that I'm in, uh, full of over a thousand functional medicine colleagues and basically said, I'm really disappointed in you guys. Like I've been completely quiet in here, but I've been watching so many of you get behind this whole thing that I thought that's what brought us together. I think I thought that's what made you a functional medicine practitioner is that you have some faith in the human immune system and you have a toolbox full of ways to help people be healthy against pathogens and that you know, and that you're aware that we are full of pathogens at any given time uh, from birth till death. And we do just fine with that as long as we're in balance and nurturing the whole organism. Um, so I, I'm just curious what you have to say about germ theory of disease versus terrain theory. Um, and just to speak quickly to one of the things you said before that was about, you know, um, validating the, the frequency if it's too metaphysical, but it, it's not metaphysical. It's actually factual science. You read the book Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, you'll understand that the frequencies are measurable and have been measured. And they do have certain effects on the external reality, on the so-called material plane. And that information can be found. So just so you, you know, I just wanted to tidy that up because it is. Oh, sure. It's, um, you know, it's extremely quantifiable and it's given birth to an entire uh, 
branch of science, uh, you know, quantum physics that, and David Hawkins is one of my major sources in writing vibes. So I completely agree with you. It's just, uh, it's language outside the under understanding of or experience of most, most Americans still. Yes. Well, we're being, we're offering the challenge. Would you like to learn the new language? Would you like to learn about this or not? And if it's challenging, then go for it. If it's something that it makes you shake a little, then that means you do it. <laughs> That's the indication that it's time to be confronted with that and to do the work. Right? The early chapters of my book uh, review six principles of quantum physics that I've discovered that help us understand so much in life from a different perspective. And one of them is, and I feel like a lot of what you've been talking about with regard to what makes us bulletproof is to raise our vibration. And, and be in that frequency of love is um, that like attracts like. And the, the frequency that you resonate at is going to have everything to do with what you're, you're attracting. And I feel like you said it in a more sophisticated way than that, but I feel like that's a lot of uh, what you're sharing with us today. Mm -hmm. That's right. And not just like attracting like, but that because of our interconnectedness, because of those, because there's no space and no time. So everything's all right now. And so because of that, that nowness and interconnectedness, which I know sounds abstract, but actually if you arrive there, it's not abstract at all. It's only abstract if you don't understand it. But from my perspective, it's not abstract, it's factual, that we have non-locality and we've proven that with quantum physics that I can send Reiki to you right now and you will feel it in the moment. There's no traveling of an energy, it's instantaneous. I have a Rife machine. I can send frequency to somebody's fingernails and they will get it instantaneously. It's not traveling anywhere. It's because we have non-locality principles because there's no space and no time. And that is deeper than a lot of people are able to think through right now. But what I'm saying is there's more to this holographic experience than what we think we know. And we take a lot of it very seriously. We take a lot of the beliefs very seriously. And we have to become childlike, not childish. We grow up into an adulthood, but then we become childlike, which means this is all one big play, right? We're here to, to lighten up, literally. Um, and then back to your germ theory question. Um, I, I knew that the germ theory was false from a very young age, probably uh, around the time I was vaccine damaged by the uh, measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine when I was about 18, that led to uh, a huge uh, wave of uh, strep throat and uh, antibiotic regime that further damaged my tonsils, uh, that further damaged my gastrointestinal system, uh, which was already compromised by things done to me at birth that then compromised my dental uh, socket system, which I still have healing to do to this day. Um, from, from that understanding of the damage, I realized something's wrong. Um, and I started to, of course, I was always seeking and always reading. And I began to, it was interesting because it wasn't any one thing that I read. It was just something I inherently knew. Um, I just knew that germs don't cause disease because I understood that um, when I studied what's made up of the body, <laughs> we're made up of, you know, 10 times more bacteria than our own cells. Um, I understood that we have compartments in the body that are just like, if you take a, 
even if you've washed your skin, you take a swab of your skin from my microbiology classes, it's full of bacteria, right? We're full of it. <laughs> We're full of bacteria. It's literally everywhere. How can it harm us then? Because if the germ theory were real or true, we would all be dead right now yep. because there's just so much of it. I mean, there's so many of these particles. So that always was something I, I inherently knew. Then when I went to naturopathic college, uh, we had more discussion around it, obviously, even though at least half of my colleagues are very medicalized and believe in vaccines. Unfortunately, they're not nature doctors. Um, so that the whole industry is very divided. And those of us who are, you know, awake and spiritually aware, those types, we understood that it's the terrain that matters. It's the health of the body. Because when you have, they did an experiment, for example, where they took an animal that had just expired, they put the animal in a vacuum chamber, and they watched what would happen to the body. And the body's own cells changed and broke down the body with no outside influence, which means that your body is designed to take it back into the earth when it is dead. And what we are seeing are is really a zombie apocalypse because people are poisoning themselves at such an incredible rate and they're being poisoned by their governments and by industry at such an incredible rate that they're literally dying inside. And so their microzyma or their somatids those lineages that science wholeheartedly ignores uh, that are pleomorphic, which means a bacteria can become a fungus, which can become a virus, which is really just a particle used to repair cells and damage tissue and get rid of waste. Um, that, those, though, that lineage, that changeable lineage will be triggered by the terrain. If the terrain is too acidic, if the terrain is too toxic, if the terrain has too much waste materials that should not be there. It wants to clear them out. And um, so about three or four years ago, I just, every time someone would say virus, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I just like, you know what, something's off here. How come, you know, somebody can be sick and a whole bunch of us can go over to the, their house and hang around and nobody gets sick? You know, shouldn't that be contagious? Like, what about contagion? I started asking more questions. Um, I started to study T.C. Fry and the myth of contagion. Um, I started to look at Dr. Stefan Lanka's work on uh, the virus and how um, it, is, it is being um, improperly studied and falsified. And the history of that that goes back way before we even could see those small particles under microscopes because it was used politically to scare troops and to use political pressure on people. It wasn't about health. And if you unpack all of the historical stories that we've been told, those are all lies. Every single time they say it's a plague or it was, you know, the, the, the 1918, you know, Spanish flu, none of that was caused by any of these viruses. They're all toxemia. They're all people being poisoned by something or another that triggers a natural cleanse in the body. And these particles, we make them. And so how can a vaccine okay, that has one particle that they lie about saying has been isolated when it never has been. Basically, it's your own slice of DNA that they've now grown up in PCR and tortured with all their drugs and preservatives. And they've put that into another material full of <laughs> preservatives and, and cells from animals and, and fetuses and all of these things. And how would that then protect me against 
this particle that is ever changing inside of my body to protect me from from illness, from from toxic waste. It doesn't make any sense. The whole theory falls apart. And when you realize that flies don't cause garbage, they're a result of garbage, then you understand that they've what they've done is they flipped the cause and the effect. And when they do that, then it's very easy to do in science. It is very easy to fake statistics and change around hypotheses and all that stuff. It's not difficult at all to fool people into believing this stuff and to producing science that looks somehow professional just because they're using big words or they have lots of fancy numbers and graphs. I've read all of these things. Not one ever has proven that there was an, a proper, properly done study of proving that there's a, a virus that causes that disease. Never. In fact, uh, even a hundred years ago, they tried to do that with bacteria. They had people who were ill with pneumonia and they had exudates and they tried to take the exudates and put them into healthy subjects and make them sick and none of them got sick. These things don't work that way. Actually, most of it works on belief. A lot of people will say, oh my God, so-and-so sick. I know I'm going to get it. I'm so going to get it. I got to stay away from them. Oh my God, they came over. I know I'm going to get it. That in and of itself can trigger your body and can feed back into your bodily system through your mind, through a cascade effect of chemicals that we know happens. Candace Pert proved that with it, without a shadow of a doubt that your emotions can create a chemical cascade physically in the body and change your own terrain. And it's like a signal saying, oh, hey, oh, you know what? She said uh, we should detox now. So we should get what that chick had so that we go through the detox. That is more likely and scientifically provable than this virus causing disease malarkey that's going on. And that's, that's really what I started to uncover. So about three years ago, I did a video um, called Viruses Don't Exist. And this was way before, obviously, this whole COVID thing and whatever. Um, and I was talking about, you know, polymorphism. I was talking about somatids. I was talking about isopathy and how we can use our, basically our own remedies from our body to trigger proper detox and healing of those systems. And that symptoms isn't a disease. A symptom is the body actually trying to heal itself. <laughs> That's what a symptom is. And so suppressing a symptom using a poison, more poison, like what a vaccine does is shocks the body. So it doesn't even go through that anymore. All that does is delay the inevitable and usually it suppresses it into deeper organ systems. And then that's cancer, heart disease, stroke, all of these other problems. And it's clever really how they've done it. Like my hat's off to them for this because it is kind of, it's devious, but it's brilliant. How they were able to flip that around 180 and sell that to us and convince us that we don't know anything about our bodies and we never could and to give our power to them and to make symptoms the bad guy and a pill for every ill and, and make us sicker and sicker and unable to think through it. That's what we're really seeing right now. They're, the fluoride has worked so well that people are not even able to mount the energy required for the thought to overcome the conditioning. It's too much energy that they would need to put into the system that they just don't have. And that's why a lot of these people will not make it past this, you know, they will be culled, really, because once they get the vaccine, which they're going to say they ha you have to have every year, just like the flu shot, by the way, we still have the flu, so it didn't really cure anything, that did it? So we're going to still have the same disease, but we're going to have to do all these vaccines every year and multiples of them. Uh, it's just, it's a big lie and it starts to fall apart. 
There's books you can read now to learn about this better. You know, Will Trebing wrote a really great book called Goodbye Germ Theory. I'm going to be in a pod uh, in a uh, health summit with him in a few weeks. Uh, and, and Jason Kristoff talks about the germ theory a lot as well now. Like, there's more and more people that are starting to click and get it. Like Robert O. Young's been talking about it for ages. Yep, that's where I learned about it 25 years ago from Robert O. Young. Yeah, yeah. who was who was here in Utah at the time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got his, his ear to the ground. Um, I first heard about him after I graduated naturopathic college. We didn't even learn about him in naturopathic college. We didn't learn about a lot of things in naturopathic college because it's a controlled uh, system. And actually I'm not even licensed and I don't want to be licensed because I wouldn't be able to have free and open conversation about vaccines being licensed. I graduated, but not licensed because that's how they get you in the system. That's how they get you inside the contract, right? You don't see very many NDs talking about this at all, hardly. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear, hear that you're not licensed because as I take a look at all the people who are speaking out, like Andrew Kaufman, who was speaking up in literally March saying, hey, this so-called virus was never put through Koch's postulates. Like if it's a virus, why didn't they prove it scientifically? They didn't because they can't because that's not what it is. This is really, you know, evidence of your body's toxicity. It's exosomes. I'm boiling it down to, to, to bare bones. And, and I just thought, how is he getting away with talking about this? And every single time I see someone like you, someone who actually has a credentials, ND, NMD, MD, whatever, I, Thomas Cowan has come on my show and spoken very forthrightly. Then I find out they're not using, they don't need, they don't want their medical license. And they've, they've let it lapse. And that is why they can speak up. And I often tell my audience, you know, I'm here to try to ferret out the truth for you and try to be your shortcut to the library because it's my full-time job to research, research and, and bring in a lot of information, synthesize it and bring it to you in a, in a simple way as possible. But every single time it's someone, to someone like you who's speaking up very boldly, it's because their career isn't on the line. I mean, I'm sure you're Canadian, but I'm sure you saw what happened to our Simone Gold, MD, uh, Stella Emanuel, MD, and 10 other physicians who stood on the steps of our Supreme Court and delivered a presser where they said, stop denying us a very simple, uh, fairly non-toxic uh, treatment that works that people are using all over the world. Some, some, in some places, it's over the counter and the United States is trying to shut the information down as well as access to this drug. First time in the history of their careers they've ever been told that they can't use something for off-label purpose. Um, I'm sure you've seen what, what's happened to these people's uh, careers. I mean, Simone Gold wasn't even, wasn't just destroyed on all of the platforms, completely deleted within 16 hours. Their web hosts removed their website 16 hours after that press conference. Um, total smear campaign against Dr. Stella Emanuel for her, you know, uh, African Nigerian uh, spiritual belief system, uh, but, but, and then Simone Gold was literally fired as an emergency room physician for, for this simple stand of saying, hey, uh, hey, y'all, and who are denying hydrochloroquine to Americans, you have blood on your hands and they can't afford to have that information out there. And I'm not super, personally super interested about whether hydrochloroquine works because it's not what I would choose. Um, if I got sick with any virus or any bacterial infection or whatever, that's not what I would do. I can get zinc into my cells and alkalize my body in ways that I think are 
are superior, but did you see that? And are you, so, so, you know, you've, you've said, I'm going to forego my medical license so that I can speak freely. Did you see what happened to these, uh, America's frontline doctors and have anything to say about that? Well, when I saw that, because I had just uh, actually come back from a retreat with Dr. Andy Kaufman and, um, James True and a couple of other very amazing people. <clears throat> we were talking about how the media is used uh, for salaciousness and outrageousness to pull on our energy and lower our vibration. And that uh, knowing that the vaccine was not becoming as favorable, that the polls were showing that less than 50% of the population was interested in a vaccine, they needed a false flag like what happened with these doctors. Now these are doctors, keep in mind, these are doctors who poison people for a living, okay? Whether they're spiritual or not, that's what they do for a living. They believe in the germ theory. They actually believe there's a COVID virus, which is not true. So they're part of the agenda, really. That's how so I do see. you believe, because a lot of people are starting to say this, do you believe that they are actually part of the whole thing and that hydrochloroquine is being weaponized and used um, for uh, pathogenic priming? Uh, so that when people get the vaccine later, they're they're going to fall hard. It's like, oh, damn, they're not going to take the vaccine. Maybe they'll take this toxic drug that will weaken their system so that they won't ascend. And that also they'll be sensitive to 5G that's going to be turned on in the fall. Because one of the side effects of hydroxychloroquine is increased sensitivity to electromagnetic fields. Also, it's an immunosuppressive. So it actually suppresses the mechanism of the body. So they think they're curing people. But again, it's the same false germ theory of suppressing symptoms as cure. So yes, they may think they'll have a respiratory case that they totally are blind to seeing as just your regular respiratory pneumonia that you would get any old uh, flu season year, which is a change of seasons, which is a natural detox trigger for people, okay? Which they're so blind to even knowing what detox is. They don't even know that most people are full of parasites and they would be more concerned about that. Um, but so they go in as fake heroes, right? Look, we're saving people with this drug that increases uh, sensitivity to electromagnetic fields, damages the kidneys, by the way, which is your, um, in Chinese medicine, is the organ system of fear. So it will put people into greater levels of fear. And also that will still keep them going to the doctors, still keep them subscribing to the system, keep them fight and fight for it. So what a play. I mean, hats off to them yet again. They did a double play. They've got you They've got you on both sides, coming and going. That's why you have to be clever enough to outmaneuver it. And if it's salacious, if it pulls on you, if it makes you feel it's outrageous, take a beat, take a step back, take a breath, hold on, I'm being used. I'm being, you know how narcissists, they need uh, their, um, their resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how narcissists always need to, to um, get their, uh, their uh, what's it called? It's called, uh, yeah, it's called something, supply, supply. Oh, yeah. so they always need their supply. So it's the same idea. You're being used for supply. You're being mined for supply to, to get all in. And you create a trend when you do that. So that trended like crazy. They used the truther community. They used people to trend hydroxychloroquine. Oh, look at what's happened to these doctors and whatever. You don't know the backstory. They could have been paid off to lose their license. They could be actors. Like you don't know what the backstory is. All you know is what the media wants you to see. And don't think that some of the alternative media is not, you know, false as well. So that's what's so tricky about a lot of it. Whether or not 
you know, it's a, people say, oh, well, it's better than this, or they'll make, they'll be apologists for it. But I'm not like that. I've never been like that. I'm all or nothing. So, you know. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bit more, not so much an apologist as much as, well, you know what, the vast majority of Americans are going to, they, they see medicine as, or what I do when I get sick is, as what does my Medicaid or Medicare pay for? What does my doctor say? And so for them, if that's useful, and, and I, it's, it's been only in the last like 10 days that I've probably explored about six pieces of content where someone like you is saying, hey, actually hydroxychloroquine just makes you more vulnerable to 5G, which and 5G may be at the root of a lot of why so many people got sick in New York City and Wuhan for the reasons that we've discussed many times on this show. Uh, many experts have brought this up. I've explored that with them and I can, I can tell that you're, um, you know, uh, similar thinking about that, that that had a, had a big role in what has happened here. Um, but I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not willing to take a stand on, I do not believe for a minute that Simone Gold and Dan Erickson, who I have watched for months, I, I, I know their story. I, they were, they are totally in the system and they are absolutely licensed to just poison you, as you say. But there, there's going to be people who just, they want a drug. And even if it's a placebo effect for them, if the drug is fairly innocuous, you know, like I'd, I'd like for them to at least, you know, have an option. If it's a completely sinister plot, I, I do not believe just based on what I've seen from some of those doctors, I already knew who they were and they weren't working together. And then they came together for this purpose. And, you know, Simone Gold was rounding up a thousand plus signatures of physicians around the U.S. who were using hydroxychloroquine. Uh, on a letter to President Trump saying, please, uh, please make this available. Please help us in this situation where pharma is denying us this, this drug. It's, it's an interesting, I'm not, I'm not willing to take a stand on whether it's a PSYOP. The whole thing is a PSYOP to make us want hydrochloroquine and, and, and to get all of us thinking that it's this miracle cure so that everybody wants to buy something. I mean, my own employees are asking me, you know, like, how, how can I get a, a doctor to give, um, give us hydroxychloroquine. And these are people who are very clear. My employees are very, very well educated on, you know, how to keep the, the whole organism healthy so that you don't get sick. And they still, you know, they're, they're falling for it. Like that is how I'm, I'm with you. I'm like impressed almost every day, like how genius this whole evil plot is, especially if it goes that far, if they literally teed this thing up for hydroxychloroquine and then just thought, oh, we're just going to censor the crap out of them so that Americans think, oh, it's a miracle cure. I got to get me some of that. Um, if so, it's even more evil and more brilliant than, than I could have imagined. But I, I really appreciate you speaking forthrightly. They, I don't have, what I was saying before is, I do not have a license to take. I was a psychologist. I don't, uh, I don't practice anymore. They can't take my license. They can't take yours. You've already decided to forego it. Um, but in this climate, that's almost who you want to be looking to for real information because you know it won't destroy our careers to really go deep down the rabbit hole and try to find out the truth and share it mm -hmm. and i mean with that hydroxy look at what they did look at the desire for it now right again yep. take the candy away and then people demand it right oh look we just want it we want the hydroxychloroquine we can't have it it sucks and we could save lives from covid and you're not giving it to us. And look at the demand for it, what it made, right? And a lot of that is for Trump, is Steve Bannon's Trump campaign manager, 
pushing those buttons to make that go into a viral story and then demand Trump do it. And of course, Trump's going to do it. So he gets the votes. It's all manipulation. Every last bit of it. It's all, this is a psychological warfare. This is World War III, which is a psychological warfare. It's for your mind, the whole thing. So if you can, you can understand that this is a test of your, for your mind and work hard to free, get your frequency up. So you got a clear mind, take things for your mind, help make sure your mind is clear, eat properly, breathe deeply, exercise, do the right thing for your body to get your mind as clear as possible. Detox that, that fluoride using boron, you know, using silica, heal that and get clear. And then as soon as you start to see a big story emerge, just take a beat, just, just take a breath, just like the save the children ones happening right now. You know, all that is happening everywhere. Salacious. Oh, the children, they're hurting the children now. It's a pull for the energy. It's a, it's a pull on your heartstrings. It's going to keep you in fear and anger and outrage and all that energy. It's a test. Can you stop going for it? Can you stop getting pulled in to the saga, to the drama? And can you work on picking it up? Because that's how it's going to save the children. That's how you're going to help health care across America, across the world, is if you do this work. That's, the, that's what the invitation really is about. And that's why there's no enemy, because we're setting this up to be so crazy and so outrageous and so outlandish that we're, it's like many of us are going, wait a second, <laughs> what? This is not right. Something's not right here. This is just, they just keep doing the same thing, just a different topic, you know, over and over again. Why? Right? So it's getting you into that thinking mode because I think it's all a setup to help us ascend. I think it is all for that. And actually that's the, the most positive thing we can realize is that this is all for our awakening. This is nothing more. It's not about enslaving us really. It's not about taking us down. It's about offering us the opportunity to do this work and to raise it up. And if not, then we'll have a life of suffering and so forth because 3d does have a lot of suffering to it. Um, and but at one point or another, you'll be presented yet again because no one is left behind. Everyone is always given opportunities to figure it out. And a lot of us feel like they, we've come back from already being there to embody 3D again, to do this work again, to help. And that's how I've always felt since a child. And I had very strong spiritual experiences when I was a child. Um, I met my ascended master friend who taught me about energy and taught me about how trees breathe energy and taught me about the chakra system. I learned all of that about that when I was eight years old from uh, somebody who, an invisible friend or what my parents called an invisible friend. Okay. So I know that not everyone's going to be arriving there, but what I'm saying is that let's try to understand that this is a, an illusion, this whole thing. Right. And if we, work to that effect and try whatever facet we come in at, whether it's healthcare, whether it's politics, whatever we, we are learning through, if we take that and we try to remember that, we'll enjoy this process a lot more and we won't suffer so much or need to suffer so much to get to the end result. Well, you are a brilliant interview, Amanda. I've so enjoyed this conversation that it's gone on very long. And so I appreciate your taking so much time um, 
to to enlighten us. Tell everyone where they can learn more about you and follow you. Okay, and thank you. This has been great. Um, I have a few websites. I have um, I make a lot of natural remedies, uh, which is yumnaturals.com. Um, that's my main store. And then I do have my book, healingwithdmso.com. That's just for the book and information about the book. Uh, and then I, it's not launched yet, but it will be soon. And that's yummy.doctor. Uh, and that site is educational. And it's based on also courses. I will have membership, um, you know, a lot of different variation. My blog is there. All of that, you know, the things that I write and do. Uh, will be on that website. Is that yummy.doctor.dr or spell out doctor? Full, full spelled doctor. Well, all the blessings in the world to you carrying carrying forward this really important message. Thank you so much. For- Thank you so much, Robin. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate 